Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of John, and we are in chapter 9. This chapter begins with Jesus healing a man who was born blind. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Another reference to Exodus 3. I am the light of the world. And so this man who walks in physical darkness from birth, Jesus says it's not because he sinned or his parents sinned, but it is to put on display the light of who God is. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, Jesus told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went, washed, and came home seeing. So he obeyed. He had faith. He trusted. He did what Jesus said. He was sent to trust Jesus. And he went, and he was healed. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? they asked him. I don't know, he said. So the Pharisees are very confused by this. They were very quick in their culture at that time to assess the situation that people were in as the condition of their sin or the sin of their parents. And so they are trying to figure out why, if he was a sinner, why he was healed. So they investigate. So the next part of this chapter is called the Pharisees investigate the healing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. So once again, they are not only upset that he was healed, they're upset that it happened on the Sabbath. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. So obviously the parents are afraid of whatever condemnation that they were going to receive for believing in Jesus. 
It says, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said he is of age. Ask him. So they were not moved enough by this miraculous gift that Jesus gave their son to testify on his behalf. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. So the man simplifies the situation for them and says something that's been quoted a million times only, even in one of the most famous hymns of all time. I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? He asked them that a little uh, sarcastically. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And then they threw him out. So they have no answer to this sinner testifying as to who Jesus is and to who they are. Because they have no response, they simply throw him out. And now the last section of this chapter is entitled Spiritual Blindness. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see. And those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what? Are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. This reminds me of Isaiah 29, picking up in verse 13. These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Now, moving on to chapter 10, this is mostly the words of Jesus. And like I've said before, there's nothing that I can ever add to the words of Jesus. It is him discussing the shepherd and his flock. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way as a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. 
The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Another reference to Exodus 3. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now we learn more about who the devil is. Like we read about in chapter 8, he was a murderer from the beginning. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he's speaking in his native language, for he is the father of lies. And here we find that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give us life more abundantly. Again, he says, I am. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Another I am. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So he gives us a small glimpse of the future of all of those who will receive Jesus, the Jews and Gentiles alike. The reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? That seems to be one of their favorite responses that he's demon possessed. But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And then this chapter ends with a section entitled The Unbelief of the Jews. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. 
Again the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man and claim to be God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I have said, you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. Do not believe me unless I do what my father does. But if I do it, even though you do not believe me, believe the miracles that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I in the father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. Here he stayed, and many people came to him. They said, though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed Jesus. And that ends John chapter 10. We will pick up next time in chapter 11.